uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. The way they were able to reach out More whistleblower-type audio tapes continue to surface in Macedonia, pointing to the fact that Zoran Zaev, the assumed head of the Macedonian government and leader of the Socialist Party in Macedonia, is mired deeply in corruption and scandals. While the new law on the public prosecutor basically says that such tapes cannot be used as evidence in a court of law, they are being used in the court of public opinion, now and through the April 12 election. As the scandals continue to unfold, the Western elites not only refuse to say anything about all of this, but continue to actually threaten Macedonians if they even think of trying to reverse the so-called Prespa Agreement. Matthew Palmer, a senior deputy State Department official, is in a race with himself to give interviews in which he basically says, quote, you must not, you cannot change your name back, otherwise it will go badly for you, unquote. It turns the old Monty Python mafia skit on its head. Instead of threatening someone to get them to take action, like pay protection money, this time they are threatening someone, in this case Macedonia, to ensure that Macedonia takes no action. Palmer, it should be noted, is also a best-selling writer of fiction and thriller novels, with such titles as The American Mission, Enemy of the Good, The Wolf of Sarajevo, and Secrets of State. Makes you wonder where he got his titles. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. My name is Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetan Chalamanov, working hard to avoid the coronavirus in Skopje, Macedonia. Ah, yes, you. Uh, there was a uh, news item that said that there, somebody did test positive yep. and then there was negative? Or, so what's the... No, nope. now we have a confirmed case, uh, a woman who apparently couldn't get treatment in Italy, where she was staying, where it's one of the hotbeds. So she took the, yeah. a minivan to Skopje with, you know, exposing like half a dozen other people to the virus and uh, sought treatment here. So now we have like four or five families in uh, Strumica, which are under quarantine because uh, they were, wow. I guess, laborers in Italy and uh, were driving back uh, to Macedonia and uh, one or two houses in Skopje, which are uh, under quarantine and uh, everybody's stockpiling on uh, guns and ammunition and uh, food items and, <laughs> and spaghetti. Well, you know, I, I haven't followed it that closely. I guess it's because I'm pretty healthy and everybody I know is pretty healthy. And my understanding is that it's slightly worse than the regular flu. Yeah. Uh, and that if, you know, one in a thousand people die of the regular flu and it's what, 23 in a thousand or so will die of the coronavirus. So you're you're, if you're a relatively healthy person, um, you, know, you're, you might get sick if you if you get it, but you're not going to die. And and you know, in in, in um, China where you've got so many people dying, mm. uh, don't forget that so many people there smoke, yeah. and so they're already in ill health anyway. And I haven't looked at the statistics on the demographics, how many people over the age of sixty there that have 
got it and died and were smokers and things like that. But it's, you know, I, I tend to think, as I do with the mainstream media, that they're blowing things out of proportion. Yeah, but uh, the most dangerous thing now is the panic because we can run out of uh, uh, macaroni and uh, oil and uh, flour <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, well yes, it's, it is the, uh, it's, it's the panic that is yeah. caused by the, the media and others that, that run around saying that the sky is falling, the sky is falling. So yeah, the sky is not falling. I consider this a conspiracy by big pasta because it's, it's spreading <laughs> through Italy and uh, think about this a little bit. Uh, and uh, oh. what you're going to buy in this crisis? Macaroni. So, uh -huh. uh, good thing I, I stockpiled on ammunition since, uh, I think, since uh, the referendum time. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I'm still covered. I still have leftover from that stash. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's been a while since we have recorded this, Svetin. We, uh, we both have day jobs, uh, mm. certainly, uh, since we don't, we don't even have a sponsor for this podcast. And, the sp and if we did, the, 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 the sponsor would you know, pay for a couple of meals and some good Macedonian wine when I come to visit you and my other uh, friends in Macedonia. That's about all we take care of. Mm -hmm. So between our schedules and whatnot, we apologize to our listeners. We haven't been able to to, uh, to get this done. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, the 27th of February afternoon there. It's the uh, still kind of early morning here before I go to the office. And, um, well, there we go. Yeah, you got to keep... Uh... Uh, lubricated to avoid the, the virus. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Ah, yes. All right. Uh, this will and this will drop tomorrow. Then on Friday, the penultimate day of February. Um, but since we recorded last, and as I mentioned in the monologue, we got more tapes. Uh, whistleblowers mm. have been have been giving several tapes. I think to Antonio Milosovsky of Vomero uh, Tapamane, mm -hmm. and he has uh, been. Uh, Sharing those with the public, as I said, the court of public opinion. Uh, whereas, if the if the uh, the courts in Macedonia won't take this up, then certainly the public will. Mm. What's the what are the latest tapes uh, that he's been airing there? Well, there are three tapes by now. Two of them are classical leaks. Uh, uh, the first one, uh, Antonio leaked, uh, you know, given to him by a whistleblower. They're both both the audio leaks uh, which Antonio came up with are uh, clearly. Uh, it's only Zaev's voice, so the person who is he's talking to is obscured. Uh, in the first one, Zaev says, uh, I talked to Boki 13, Boyan Yovanovsky, the main suspect in the racket trial. Uh, you know, we discussed his business. I know he, he's receiving funding from Silian Mitsevsky, who is a major businessman in Beethoven, who is now practically demanding, uh, claiming that Boki 13 extorted money from him, that he swindled him, took like... 750,000 euros from uh, Cillian and wants them back. So this is the, mm -hmm. the core of the second trial against Boki 13. So the tape proves that Zaev knew about this. He knew that Boki was receiving money in this fashion through a, a bogus charity company, which is now subject to investigation. So at the very least, mm -hmm. Zaev knew. And then uh, he also says that uh, he was helping Boki out in his television, one TV station, which is now defunct which was also used to extort money from people, so Zaev was also funding Boki. Uh, right. The second tape uh, has uh, Zaev uh, bragging like in this mafia style that uh, he controls Katice Yaneva, which is, yeah, da, you know, we all mm -hmm. know about this, yeah. uh, that he also controls Jovan Vangelovsky, who was the chief justice of the Supreme Court, uh, which was used to shut down a few 
cases which were initiated illegally, obviously, by Yanova. So the court was in the right, but even to do the right thing, they needed to have some political uh, you know, uh, leverage and backing there. So Zayev basically says, I'm the one who told Vangelovsky that these cases are going down. And he seems to be talking to some person uh, from this renegade group of former members of parliament who wanted their trials to collapse and uh, dissipate. This is the way it sounds like. He might, you know, I can <coughs> easily imagine him talking to Sasha Mialkov uh, in this case. Um, and he basically says, you know, I'm making these cases against you, which I initiated. Go away. You help me out, presumably with the vote in parliament to end the, uh, the use of wiretaps in investigations, namely against me. So it's a terrible body blow to the colored revolution people. Zayev insisted that Vangelovsky, the judge, is Vimero. Uh, he eventually had him removed, but only after uh, he decided, uh, Vangelovsky decided that a number of cases launched by Yaneva after she was no longer allowed to do so are going under. This, is, this includes the case against Kamchev and Mialkov about money laundering, which is at the core of the racket scandal. So Zayev is, you know, wheeling and dealing and confirming this and uh, says nobody... Uh, so much as uh, moves an inch here bef- without me saying so, which is, uh, you know, exceptionally damaging uh, for him. And then there's the third tape, which was probably the funniest of all. There is like a cache of tapes, which were uh, videotapes, which were made by the Interior Ministry while they were surveilling <coughs> Katica Yanev and Boki Fertin when they were suspected of racketeering. Uh, so one of the tapes shows Yaneva being driven in the direction of the residence of the U.S. ambassador, the residence uh, of uh, Zaev, and the office of uh, Pendarovsky. And then the camera apparently shuts down so as not to show who exactly was Yanova visiting, <laughs> which is, you know, very unprofessional for the uh, police agents, but they wanted to keep their jobs. They were scared of what they might right. find out. Uh, there are other interesting tapes, and the most interesting one was just, you know, the prosecutor should just showed it, but then it was just a couple of journalists who I know who noticed it. So nobody really noticed what's going on. There is a, a tape, and, and the prosecutor, Ruskovska, she was keeping quiet throughout this tape. And it shows uh, Zoran Milevsky, the third suspect besides Katicayano and Boki Fertin, right. uh, sitting with Vitsa Zaev, Zoran Zaev's brother. Wow. And uh, Zoran Zaev's lawyer as well, uh, Vane Angelov, who is now, mm-hmm. or Andreev, what's his name? Uh, who is now involved in uh, marijuana growing with Zav. So the prosecutor wanted to just sneak this through the court without mentioning, okay, and, and, and by the way, here we have, you know, one of the suspects sitting with the brother of then Prime Minister Zoran Zayev, no biggie, next, next slide. So she, she just didn't even say this. <laughs> she wanted this to go away, but somebody noticed this. And now Vitsa is denying, you didn't see me at the tape. Uh, the judge says, I can't say if I was sitting at an awkward angle, I couldn't see it, well then let's play it again. Well, now we can't, you know, that part of the trial is over. <laughs> so this is how we know wow. it was him. <laughs> so everything, now, daily deluge of new evidence showing that Zaev was involved in racketeering and in uh, uh, influencing the court. We knew all of this, of course, before, but now we have it from the horse's mouth. And as we've been saying throughout the past, several months, I don't know, maybe a year or more, 
uh, this is going to continue, this drip, oh, yeah. drip, drip of, of, of leaks and tapes and things like that. And, and of course, that is what, here we are uh, almost the end of February. We've got about six weeks until the elections on April 12th. That's what the Macedonian people are going to judge Zoran Zaev and his socialist party on. And find him wanting. Exactly, right. So they're going to, they're going to judge him. On that. Not, you know, the name issue is, is still first and foremost in the minds of all Macedonians. But on a daily basis, they're not confronted with the nasty N-word mm. uh, because they don't see it, they don't talk about it, etc. But it's the, it's the crime. It's the, and as we've talked about in the past, and I saw several stories over the past uh, 10 days about just you know, random, I don't know if they're random, uh, uh, robberies and shootings oh, yeah. and disappearances and all of that stuff is just really on an increase. I, you know, I lived there for seven years from 1996 to 2003. And you know, aside from the 2001 conflict and the 1999 um, NATO bombing of uh, Yugoslavia, mm. you know, regular old-fashioned crime, uh, you know, robberies, murders, shootings, mm. things like that, almost non-existent. But under this regime, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So this, these are the things that they're going to judge him on. Uh, but back on the back on the rackets and, and the uh, the tapes and the leaks there that you just mentioned, I see that Boki 13 is still in detention, mm. still trying to get out, but he's still in detention. Uh, Ruskoska, I saw... A, media item that she mentioned that she thought all of the money ended up with with him well, yeah. or the journalist that worked for his TV station. Yeah, Does anybody ask them about it? They're going to try and portray the uh, bookie uh, that, you know, he, he, it's estimated, the uh, realistic estimate is, is about 20 million from people like uh, Siljan Mitsevsky, like Orza Kamchev, you know, million from uh, 750 from Siljan, 1.5 mil from... Uh, Kamchev, God knows how much from the Pelistarka, uh, Bitola-based mm. bottling company, uh, hundreds of thousands from uh, a printing house in Kochani, a textile mill in Gevgilia, a construction company in Struga. Uh, it all adds up. Uh, and, you know, Ruskovska would have us believe that Boki blew all of it on uh, dresses and skirts and Gucci bags in uh, Milan, which he skirts. blew some of it. Well, you know, you know how yeah. you, you know how he dressed. I mean, who are we to judge? That's true. Yes, yeah. <laughs> We're people of the world now. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, in, unbelievable that he blew the money on on these types of uh, uh, designs and uh, on uh, high uh, haute couture. It's obviously most of it ended up with SDSM, and uh, you know, it's widely expected that the coming leaks will prove that. Uh, uh, how, who exactly from Zab's entourage was coming, picking bags mm -hmm. of money from Boki's apartment. Uh, you know, the infamous movement of the Louis Vuitton bag, which apparently had a GPS device in it. You know, all of this will eventually surface now, hopefully before the April 12th elections. But by now, the public, you know, clearly understands who did what. It's evident in the turnout to the two rival protests, the one which Zayev organized after he ram this lodge through parliament which he hopes will protect him on the last day of the parliament uh, uh, and uh, where like hundreds of people just showed up nobody from the old colored revolution people from the colored revolution like for example uh, Bane Kuma the guy who did all their designs their graphics uh -huh. who, uh, yeah. who they you know his he cashed in from the colored revolution probably more than anybody else uh, because these things cost money. 
uh, printing mm-hmm. and designing that stuff. And he was now, he actually, not, not only he wouldn't shut up and say, like, I'm not going to this protest. If you, he actually created, like, a design now to mock Zav. You know, it's, it's gotten wow. that bad. He was actually laughing in his face, like, you're going to, you know, let, let me see which other idiot will join you in your protest after you pass this kind of law through Parliament, clearly designed to protect him, keep Ruskovska in place. Uh, all the other, you know, monkeys, uh, you know, with their eyes and ears and mouths uh, mm-hmm. uh, closed uh, in the prosecutor's office. And um, and then, uh, like a week later, Vomero stages a protest after the the second uh, audio tape is leaked and uh, much, much greater turnout. There were some people bust in, but not a lot. It was actually mostly Skopje, which is, which should, should scare Zaf uh, tremendously. Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's and and uh, let's let's talk briefly because I saw also this morning uh, some news that uh, well, two things actually. A couple of days ago, Zayev said that his party, Citizen, uh, which is the uh, what what's that stand for? The Social Union, Social Democratic Union of Macedonia. Macedonia, right? Which, uh, as I love to remind listeners and others. Hmm. Uh, was the League of Communists of Macedonia yep. before 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the official legal name. But anyway, so the socialists, uh, or his socialists in particular, are no longer going to be considered as a Macedonian party, yep. uh, which I'm sure he uh, he got uh, lovely praise from uh, the Western elites, mm-hmm. the U.S. Embassy and others there. Uh, but so his, uh, his no longer Macedonian party of citizen is now making a coalition with uh, Kasimi of yeah. uh, Bessa. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they signed a, a pre-election coalition uh, today. Uh, I have to say, you know, I, I I don't I don't like to do ad homonyms too often, but Kasimi he does look like Bela Lugosi, <laughs> a striking resemblance, uh, which is a bit frightening. Yeah, but, he could uh, use a little time in the sun. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, this means, though, that obviously that Zayev isn't uh, and Sidisim is not going to, you know, be in a coalition with with Dewey now. Yeah. Or even if they were to win the majority of of, of votes and seats, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not they'd be in a coalition in the next government, because Dewey and Bessa hate each other, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, listen, Bessa was also very critical of Zayev, calling him a criminal, a crook, and now they're aligned with him. Ironically, their name means. Uh, Faith or trust, you know, this word which Albanians right. love to use, like, you can trust us, you have our Bisa, you have my word, my word is my bond, and, Honor, then, yeah. and you know, it's ironic that the party named uh, Word is now breaking its word and uh, siding with the guy who they call the criminal, like, a few a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and that goes to um, the point that I like to make, and certainly the Western elites who are there, uh, and who have come and gone over the many years don't know this or forget it or don't care or something. They probably don't know it. Is You look at Macedonia's history as an independent nation since 1991, and you, you have this fixture of Sirsum and Vomorodopomene that have always been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Sirsum, again, was a League of Communists of Macedonia before 1991. But the Albanian parties, they come and they go. Yeah. Emir Meri mm. of uh, PDP, 
PDP used to be one of the biggest Albanian ethnic Albanian yep. parties in Macedonia. It's gone. He's dead. DPA, uh, which is Menduthaci now, used to be Arben Jaferi, who's also dead, uh, was the biggest ethnic Albanian mm. party in Macedonia. It's gone. Um, Dewey has been around since Ali Akhmeti, the former terrorist and uh, trained uh, Marxist-Leninist mm. in university, uh, has been around as long as he has been there. As soon as he's dead, it will fall apart. I promise you that. Because these are not uh, these they are not parties based on any type of ideology. Yeah, it's yep. just gimme gimme gimme. Yeah, there was a rumor that Ahmeti will be forced to resign, and then uh, that Dewey will be forced to join Zaf in a pre-election coalition. It could still happen. Ahmeti apparently yeah. still wants to maintain like his own hold on the party, uh, because if he gives his votes to SDSM, they will just mix it all up. And uh, in this case, Zaf might get close to sixty-one votes. If Dewey mm-hmm. joins him as well, but uh, then Dewey is no longer, I mean, it, it's gone, it's no longer an independent uh, uh, factor. So now Besa decided to join uh, Zaev. This is the pro-Turkish, like Turkish-Albanian Erdoganist party, oh, like right. political yes. Islam yes. party. They would make a yeah. point of having the wives of the leaders uh, dress up, you know, you know, show up with the uh, headscarves. They're proposing the ban on... Uh, uh, gambling places uh, in populated areas while Zaf is liberalizing sale of alcohol and cigarettes. Uh, they might, you know, find common cause on the hatred of the Jews, but uh, other than that, very mm. little uh, in common. Besa was even openly celebrating the end of the coup, the failure of the coup against Erdogan, while Zaf is obviously installed in power by people very similar, you know, forces very similar to the ones who organized at the very least, the Gezi protests against Erdogan, if not uh, the coup itself. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the alliance of Albanians remains, it allied with a smaller party which split from Bisa, and basically the alliance is the heir of DPA. So these parties don't fully disappear, but you know, Menduhtaci now wants to uh, keep running what was the Bisa platform under that logo, and he will also join Zaf in a pre-election coalition. Zaf will have his own SDSM Albanian wing led by another cleric, political Islam person, Muhammad Zakiri. Uh, so uh, Zaf will have uh, Muhammad Zakiri from his own party, Besa, and what little is left of uh, DPAs, of uh, Jaferi's and Menduhtaci's DPA. But the core mm. of the DPA has now moved to the alliance of Albanians under Ziadin Sila, and they will be the main opposition Albanian party. They are very unlikely to join Zaf in a coalition. Uh, so we can expect them to be a potential partner for Vimera after the elections, if Vimera gets close to 61 or hopefully beyond 61. Or obviously, Dewey is also there. If uh, you know uh, Alliance fails, then uh, Dewey will probably have the numbers to, pro- to decide who will form the next uh, government if Vimera does not get to... Uh, 61. From a Macedonian point of view, we, all, we always like appreciate it if the Albanian parties are split up. But now Zaev is enlargening them, right. uh, which will be noticed by ethnic Macedonians. Many noticed that he was signing the treaty today with Albanian flags intermixed with Macedonian flags and EU and NATO flags. So I'm staring uh, at that picture right now. Yeah, Macedonians will not like that. 
So uh, it's going to cost him among the Macedonians. Well, yeah. And so as you're talking about that, I am thinking, you know, if you're a lifelong citizen supporter and you're thinking about the upcoming elections and you're looking at the state of Macedonia today with the, the scandals, the rising level of crime in general, as we just talked about, uh, you know, an economy that really isn't delivering. Mm. Uh, then you're then on top of that, you have the indignity of having your name taken away, your identity taken away, mm. your history taken away. And then you see the leader of your party, Zoran Zaev, sitting at a desk with the leader of one of the smaller ethnic Albanian parties. And as you just mentioned, behind them, the flag of the Republic of Macedonia and the flag of, let's be honest, it's the Republic of Albania. Mm. Svetin, I can't think of another country. If I think about it long enough, I might be able to find one. But off the top of my head, I can't think of... Uh, of another country where the flag of another country is co-equal with yep. the sovereign state that mm. you're residing in. I, I get that that's the symbol, the double-headed black eagle. I get that that's the mm. symbol of Albanians around planet Earth. Okay, fine. But they shouldn't be allowed to fly the flag of the Republic of Albania co-equal with the flag of the Republic of Macedonia and Macedonia. And again, if I'm a citizen... Uh, a voter and mm. thinking, you know, what does this mean? Where's our country going? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been sold off to the the Greeks, to the uh, Bulgarians, uh, now the Albanians, um, and this man is claims to be our leader. Yeah, be interesting to see what uh, what uh, what happens with that block of voters in the upcoming election. Yeah, you get these people, these uh, urban dwellers, uh, post-national, post-religious people in most Western countries, European countries by sure. now, you know, preaching open borders, uh, the nation is a construct, gender is a construct, whatever. And they do a lot of damage in all the countries where they are, they are uh, um, established. But uh, yeah, this is really a bit much, you know, openly endorsing another nation, which does have territorial uh, ambitions uh, and, uh, you know, has attacked Macedonia twice. I mean, Albanians on the whole have attacked Macedonians in 2001 and in uh, 2015 in Kumanova. And to still delude yourself with uh, this uh, weird world bromides, it's uh, very dangerous. Yeah, I'm. by the way, I'm halfway through um, Douglas Murray's book, The Strange Death of mm. Europe, written in 2017, largely about the 2015 uh, migration crisis, legal and illegal, in uh, in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll have to have a good discussion about that yep. uh, sometime uh, after I finish reading it. But yeah, your your point is well taken, and you're absolutely right. You've got these, these uh, as you call them, post-nationalist, post-Christian, post-nation-state uh, elite in every country in Europe. <laughs> but not maybe not but you can't say them on air. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know. They're going through my head right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and they're the ones that are in leadership positions too often in all of these countries, not just Macedonia. And you know what? And every generation has to fight a group of people like these mm. in, in every country. And that's just kind of the way it is. Uh, so uh, Macedonians have an, an opportunity coming up on April 12 to send a clear signal to these people. Mm. Um, 
we'll see. What what else is going on with the uh, the pre-election election? Because the election, let's say, if it's April 12, three weeks backwards is what? Last week of March, I wouldn't officially start? Uh, yeah, the, the actual campaign starts uh, like 20 days before the elections. Uh, but oh, I mean, this is this anachronistic rule that uh, obviously everybody's already campaigning big time, even before we officially start the campaign with two major rallies from uh, both sides and uh, etc. The interesting thing here, you know, we have a, a number of irregularities regarding the elections, such as, you know, Vemerov was supposed to have a minister, you know, two ministers, three deputy ministers in the government for 100 days before the elections, and ESDSM just went out and removed one of them, Rashila Mizrahi, we discussed her, uh, the anti-Semitic mm-hmm. attacks against her and how she dared to challenge the legacy of the far-left darling uh, uh, Mila Tsarovska in the same Ministry of Labor and Welfare. So this is one major violation, the wholesale arresting of but dozens of Vemera officials and blackmailing members of parliament is obviously another enormous violation. The next one, which is coming now, which might happen as early as Monday, is that we might have no television before the elections. I was, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I saw that. What's going on with that? <laughs> it's great. Well, Zaf wanted to bribe off the, the TV stations. They long had a demand that um, cable operators are supposed to pay them for the high-quality content they provide. <laughs> and uh, so basically, as they were voting, as the parliament was voting on this ridiculous law to protect Zaya from persecution, from investigation in his case, um, they also sneaked uh, the media law through, which uh, kind of like uh, creates an, uh, a whole set sets of uh, conditions uh, which the cable operators need to meet, and the end game is to get them to pay a lot of money to the. TV stations and the TV stations, uh, then Zaf expects that the big five TV stations, uh, Tilma, Sital, Kanalpet, Alsat, and Alpha, will uh, you know, support him before the elections because they stand to gain like millions from cable uh, fees. Right. Uh, and the oh, cable operators yeah. are big ones, right, you know, yeah. big yeah. companies, Deutsche Telekom, the Austrian Telekom, etc. So they said, you know, what's, what's German for FU? And uh, they said, we'll just stop broadcasting television and let's see who can, uh, who will come, uh, you know, who will be the, uh, who will one up the other side in this dispute. So very likely that starting Monday, we, uh, tele- we have television blackout, which I will not notice in my household, but uh, old, <laughs> older people probably will. Good on you. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to make a comment on Macedonian culture that Macedonians living without TV would be a difficult thing. But yeah. frankly, the same goes for the gringos over here in America. Yeah. People watch too much TV. I and you know, you make a good point. For, for the record, I don't. I have a TV set. Yeah. I, you know, I use it for Amazon Prime every now and then. But I don't mm-hmm. have cable. I don't have Dish. I don't have. I don't know. I don't even have rabbit ears for the TV, or so I can pick up <laughs> local stations. I don't watch TV. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny, Svetin, because I'm in public relations for a living. I don't watch TV, I don't read the newspaper, I don't listen to the radio, and I'm not, I'm not overly fond of people. Yeah. Uh, I was a paid a member perfect... of, of a totalitarian body task to follow uh, media reporting and report on it, whether it was fair and balanced uh, in 2016. <laughs> and I couldn't force myself to watch television. I would just go to the agency, which you know, bizarrely records every minute of television 
ever broadcast in Macedonia. Oh. And uh, with the sit at the station and just l l go through like five, ten hours of select. You know, I, I knew what to look for, obviously. But right. I couldn't force myself, even though I was paid to do this, I couldn't force myself to <laughs> watch Macedonian television or movies. Uh, that's, uh, I'm beyond yeah, that. <laughs> no, no I, 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 I do consume a lot of news, though. I, I you know, mostly oh, yeah. off of uh, tw Twitter, Drudge, National Review, and podcasts and things like that. So I'm very well. I'm, that's the funny thing is, for the fact that I don't watch TV, I'm, I'm infinitely more informed than most Americans about yeah, what's yeah. going on on the planet and in the country. So. Yeah, I worked in print media. Now television is going the same way. It's a hopelessly outdated yeah. vehicle for information. Yeah. And uh, I also hear that uh, Lake Prespa is drying up. Yeah. Is that correct? Very, very ironic and symbolic after the signing <laughs> of the, of the tr treacherous what? treaty. Well, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's a beautiful lake. Uh, mm. Macedonia is blessed with, with three large lakes and many numerous uh, small lakes across the country. Um, why is it drying up? Uh, well, I mean, it's linked to Ohrid. Yeah. Uh, and Ohrid is uh, being emptied out by the uh, Tsarandrim River, obviously, which is the main energy source for Albania, which hasn't come around to building a proper coal station or anything. You know, they, they live by Greta rules since communism. <laughs> and, uh, Greta rules. I love it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're the utopia Greta, you know, Inverhojas Albania was the utopia Greta dreamed of. Uh, and uh, basically, you know, if you stop uh, out, you know, emptying out Ohrid, then uh, Albania goes dark. And we can't do that now that Albania practically runs our country. Uh, we had a very warm and dry autumn, uh, moderately dry and, uh, you know, not very, very little snow during the winter as well. So, you know, there is not enough streams and creeks pouring into the and melting of the snow that would uh, replenish Prispa. And as there are un underground tunnels underneath the Galicica mountain uh, that empty Prispa into Ohrid. You know, Prispa was in a bad shape when I was last there, like a few years ago already. You can mm. tell the place which used to be a beach and had like this pier uh, where you could uh, jump off into the lake. It's now completely dry and it's like 20, 30 meters from it to the uh, to the actual where the shoreline is now. It was bad before and now it's after this autumn and winter, it's dramatic. And, uh, yeah. you know, everybody says that, well, it can't bear the embarrassment which Nikola Dimitrov and Zoran Zayev imposed on, on it with signing the, the, the treaty. You know, Dimitrov's mm -hmm. father said that he cursed his son, actually, in the 90s, yeah. before he knew he would do it. He said, let the arm of the person who signs off the name withers and dies. And, uh, you know, decades later, it turned out to be his own son doing this. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and now, instead of having the, his arm dried out, dry out, we have the There's place... There's still a possibility the... of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we have the, the link. Uh, going, disappearing. Well, that's sad. Yeah, uh, pretty ugly. Obviously, stuff. we don't we don't want that to happen. We do want the Prespa agreement to go away, though, and we're all working towards that. And uh, that will will come in the future, I think. Uh, but why don't we take a break and uh, then come back with our farmers' picks?
Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, episode 61, recording on Thursday, February 27. This will drop tomorrow on Friday, the penultimate day of February 2020. Svetin in Skopje. I'm Jason in Oro Valley, Arizona. It is time now for our farmers' picks. Svetin, I thought about this the other week when you were, were mentioning one of the Macedonian foods that one of our longtime listeners said, please don't do that again. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't pleasant. Uh, then we got a dis- yeah, then we got into a discussion about other unpleasant foods that we just don't like, that other people might like. Mm. Uh, but I think we should stay on this, this theme of food, but good food, because Macedonia has so much good food. Uh, so food is a farmer's picks. Uh, and so uh, with the... Uh, um, oh, what's the right word? With uh, regards to our longtime listener, uh, uh, we are we're going to do farmers' picks on food. And since this is almost March, spring is right around the corner. Uh, it's time for salads. And I'm, as you know, I'm allergic to tomato, mm. so uh, I can't eat what your farmers' pick is. And I'll let you reveal it. It's but a wonder my farmers' pick hasn't killed you by now. <laughs> That's true. Uh, my farmer's pick is a tartar salad, uh, which I just love. And uh, for those that, that, that don't, tartar is uh, it's a mixture of uh, yogurt and uh, chopped um, uh, cucumber with uh, garlic and uh, a little bit of crushed uh, walnuts on top. And it can be, it's done in different ways. Now, I don't do the garlic because uh, as a half Hungarian, family name comes from Transylvania, uh, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah. So I actually don't like garlic. Uh, so I do it without garlic. But I've been to so many different restaurants throughout all of Macedonia, and it's always fun because when I order a tartar salad, it's slightly different at each one. Yeah. And they're all excellent, and they're all good. And, of course, uh, tartar salad, the best drink that goes with the tartar salad, of course, is mastika. Yeah. And uh, I've got and I and I do make my own tartar here in uh, in Arizona when I'm when I'm at home mm-hmm. occasionally, especially as we move into the spring and summer months. And I do have a pretty good supply of mastica right now. So anyway, tartar salad. That is my farmer's pick. And What's yours? You know, in Bulgaria, they treat it as uh, soup. It's on the soup menu. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. And then actually in Bulgaria, and I kind of like this, and I do this every now and then. They put dill in it. Yeah. Um, dill would be which nice. I, yeah. I, yeah, I like dill. Uh, so occasionally, and, actually, and actually, I did that this weekend. Would say it's Greek salad, tzatziki. Well, yeah, which is fake. Bloody meat. hell, I should do that this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I've idea. got I've got a couple of jars of uh, of ivar that I picked mm-hmm. up from my little Middle Eastern shop, uh, Biliana. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I have to tell you this story. So um, I was I was down in my little Middle Eastern shop mm-hmm. in Midtown Tucson, and uh, looking for my ivar, and uh, <laughs> the uh, the gentleman at the counter said, "Oh, we have some very nice uh, ivar called Mamas." Uh-huh. Uh, you ought to try it. And I, I said, well, I can't. And, and then I went into a short discussion of why I couldn't. And, <laughs> and, uh, and he understood and he said, stay strong, brother. You explained uh, to so him anyway, the crook who makes the, yes, the mama side. Exactly. So, yeah. so anyway, so the brand name I've got, uh, my Ivar is uh, Biliana Ivar. So I can't okay. think of a better meal than a nice big loaf of fresh bread mm-hmm. with Ivar and a tartar salad with uh, with a little dill and, and some uh, white cheese mastica. on the Ivar. Oh, and some white cheese, yeah, bloody hell. If you have that. Well, I'm going to also stick to salads. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the Lent is coming and uh, the 
other major salad we have here would be the Shopska salad, which, you know, yes. its name comes from Bulgaria. They're the Shopi tribe around uh, Sofia. And it's uh, basically, it has uh, 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 tomatoes, which obviously now you can't have, right. and cucumbers, uh, red onions or any kind of onions you like, sometimes peppers, green peppers. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're called Italian peppers in the U.S. Uh, and uh, on top of this, you grate uh, white uh, cow's cheese or mixed cheese, whichever uh, you prefer. And uh, obviously vinegar and, uh, uh, and uh, olive oil are just regular. And uh, yeah, that's, that's good eating here. Absolutely. And what would you drink with that? Um, well, depends on the season. Uh, uh, for me, mastica is uh, exclusively summer drink. And uh, now in this period between uh, uh, spring and autumn, I would have uh, rakia more often. And then uh, in the bleak winter, it's only whiskey or bourbon, nothing, nothing else. <laughs> that all sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm very specific about my drinking habits. Good. Well, I'm hungry already, and it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's. I just had breakfast, uh, but I'm. I'm... <laughs> I would like to have some of what we just talked about, but that's going to have to be for the afternoon. So, yeah. All right. It's uh, I got to run to the office here and earn a living. Uh, you've got things. You got to you got to put this podcast together. You're a producer. Yeah, and uh, continue my staying at home, avoiding the the deadly virus. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my. Idea. All right. Well, good to catch up with you. I'm not sure if we're going to do another podcast this weekend. We'll see what the news brings, etc. And uh, we will talk to you later. Sure thing. Take care, buddy. You too.